KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. New restrictions on indoor dining and a 10 p.m. curfew have put local restaurant owners in a difficult place. With no more federal assistance on the horizon, restaurant tours like Ike Gazarian have seen their financial reserves dwindle. He says the federal government's two loan programs have almost run out for him. We were encouraged to use that money, the PPP money and the SBA money, to keep our employees employed, to keep people off unemployment. We did that. And I have maybe $10,000 of that money left. He's hoping that more people relying on delivery during this new lockdown will help drive business to his City Heights restaurant. He hopes that more government support for small businesses is on the way soon. Meanwhile, a San Diego Superior Court judge is expected to rule today on a case brought by San Diego businesses. They're asking for a temporary restraining order on the California's purple-tier COVID-19 restrictions, specifically those that shutter indoor business operations. They allege San Diego County's rise in coronavirus cases is not the result of exposures at restaurants, gyms, or other types of businesses that are being shuttered. And just a reminder, with the Thanksgiving holiday approaching, the Centers for Disease Control has advised against traveling for the holiday. Quote, celebrating virtually or with the people you live with is the safest choice this Thanksgiving. That is the CDC's recommendation. It's Monday, November 23rd. This is San Diego News Matters from KPBS News, a daily morning news podcast powered by everyone in the KPBS newsroom. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. A COVID-19 vaccine could arrive sooner than expected, but the pandemic will have a long-lasting impact on the city of San Diego's budget. KPBS's Devin Watley reports. The COVID-19 pandemic has created hardships for many people, and it has also dealt a massive blow to San Diego's budget. City finance officials released a five-year financial outlook last week, showing that over the next three years, Budget deficits are expected as the coronavirus has seriously diminished tax revenues. An $86 million budget deficit is projected for the next fiscal year, with $75 million and $59 million shortfalls in the next two years following. KPBS business commentator Miro Kopik is co-founder of Bottom Line Marketing. How the city is going to pay down the deficit is they're going to look at their reserve fund. So they normally put money into the reserve fund for real crises, which this is one. They're going to be pulling that out over the next couple of years. As if falling revenues weren't enough, the city's employee pension fund is $24 million short of projections. And that will also have to come out of reserves. San Diego's cannabis industry is hoping to form a city-sanctioned business improvement district. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says it would be the first of its kind in California. 
The district would be similar to the city's tourism marketing district, which collects a portion of hotel revenues to promote San Diego as a tourist destination. The Cannabis Business Improvement District, or CBID, would use funds collected from legal retail outlets to try and stamp out the black market, which is unregulated and untaxed. Rocky Goyal is owner of the Apothecare Dispensary. You know, one of the goals of our bid would be to bring general awareness to people, educate consumers, hey guys, there is an actual legal marketplace and that's where you want to buy from. A city council committee gave unanimous approval to the proposal on Friday. It still needs support from the full city council, mayor, and a majority of cannabis retail outlets. The first nonprofit breast milk bank to serve families in need has launched in San Diego. KPBS reporter Tanya Thorne has more. Baby formula can cause a fatal bowel disease in sick and premature infants. That's why UC San Diego Health has launched the first nonprofit milk bank in San Diego. It's one of only 30 in North America. Dr. Lisa Stellwagen, the executive director of the milk bank, will be running the program out of the San Diego blood bank. The milk, though, is going to feed these tiny, fragile babies, so we have to be really careful that the milk is as safe as it can be. Before moms can donate milk, they must pass a detailed screening. The donated milk is then tested and pasteurized to eliminate any viruses. The opening of the milk bank creates a lifeline for sick or premature infants. Their goal is to target underserved communities throughout San Diego. With California's 800 miles of coastline, there's a lot at risk as temperatures warm and sea levels rise. A NASA satellite launch that happened on Saturday aims to help communities better understand how to adapt to rising seas. CAP Radio's Ezra David Romero reports. The Sentinel-6 satellite will be able to track sea level rise within centimeters. The goal of the mission is to unfold how much the seas will rise over the next decade. Ice melt has caused oceans to rise about 8 inches since 1880, and by the end of the century could rise 4 feet. Ben Hamlington is with the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He says to know how sea level rise will impact the state will take a global understanding. We know sea level is going up off the coast of California. Scientifically, the coast of California is a really interesting scientific problem. A number of processes at play, and really, you have to bring so many different observations to bear to try to understand sea level here. Hamlington says the satellite's accuracy will allow for insights into how rising seas may directly impact communities and businesses. Coming up on the podcast, as Donald Trump's presidency comes to a close, family rifts over his character and policies remain. We can't talk. We can't even hang out together. It's too incendiary. It's like um, a tinderbox waiting to go off. That story's next, just after this break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships 
or hohenmotors.com. The pandemic won't be the only reason for empty seats around the Thanksgiving table this month. With President Donald Trump still refusing to concede the election, many families remain fractured. KPBS's Amitha Sharma reports on how some San Diegans are coping as Trump's tenure draws to a close. All it took was talk of the recent rise in COVID-19 cases for Jonathan Hansen and his brother-in-law to get into a dust-up. The brother-in-law defended President Trump's pandemic response. Hansen disagreed. He started raising his voice. I raised my voice. I said a curse word. All in front of their kids. Hansen says he reached for his shoes to leave when his brother-in-law... He grabbed the shoes, checked them out the door and then he just punched me out. Hansen says his sister then appeared and hit him too. He called police. I was in shock. It's my sister who I love dearly. It's my brother-in-law who I also love dearly. Family fights continue to erupt nationwide as siblings, parents and children, and couples divide over Trump. Rifts have developed over the president's comments about immigrants, women and minorities, the sexual assault allegations against him, his administration's caging of migrant children, his handling of the pandemic, and now his false voter fraud claims in the race he lost to President-elect Joe Biden this month. I regularly hear people sharing about the pain they have that they can't talk with their brother anymore. David Peters is a San Diego marriage and family therapist. Their parents won't talk with them anymore. The family just can't relax together. People are afraid. People are hurting. People feel shamed and bitterness is rising. Peters says science explains how emotions get so charged. Politics in the mind sits in the same space as religion. It's that deep because it has to do with which tribe I'm with. Hansen, a real estate contractor, says he's puzzled that his siblings and parents, all Mormon, have supported a president whose conduct contradicts their religion. It's not what we were taught growing up, to love one another, to turn the other cheek, to be more compassionate and empathetic. He also wonders why his mom, a nurse, has been reluctant to wear a mask. She'll go off on, oh, that's an overreach of the government. They're overreaching. Hansen says the cognitive dissonance is unbearable. We can't talk. We can't even hang out together. It's too incendiary. Retired teacher and Trump supporter Diane Pearson says political arguments with her youngest child, Benjamin Goodwin, a senior at UC Davis, have cut deep. I was even moved to tears several times. I was so sad that after several years of college that he seems to have so far become pretty close-minded. Pearson says she likes Trump because he opposes abortion rights. She also favors his immigration policy. The wall is a good idea, and more than a good idea, I think it's essential. As for Trump's disparaging tweets, she gets the criticism. But at the same time, he's got a certain decisiveness and power in making decisions that I agree with. But Goodwin doesn't get what he says is his mother's unconditional backing of Trump. And this isn't just my mom. I feel like this is most Trump supporters. No matter what, they will find a way to defend him. Goodwin is half white and half black. His mother is white. He believes Trump is a racist. He says race forms the crux of the gap with his mom. I see things from a both like a black and white perspective. My mom can only really see things from a white person's perspective. Family therapist Peter says he counsels his clients to apologize for heated exchanges, refrain from talking politics, 
and not to give up. The worst thing you can do is cut off relationships with family members. Jonathan Hansen and his girlfriend, Crystal Coleman, hope to mend fences with his siblings and parents. But she says they wrestle with telling them that everyone makes mistakes and that Trump supporters were misled by his lies. But then the other part of me goes, how could you not realize what he was doing? How could you not see it? How could you not hear it? And your silence was your consent, if nothing else. And how do we get past that? What Hansen knows for sure is... I miss sitting with my mom and having tea with her, laughing, talking about her grandkids. That was reporting from KPBS's Amitha Sharma. That's it for the podcast today. Thanks for listening and have a great day. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.